Can you hear me back there? Okay, good. I kept saying, test, test, test. Can you hear me? And ah, he wasn't there. Well, you were. You were sitting there. He was fiddling with dials and all of that stuff. Uh, this morning, our order of service, it's the third Sunday of Easter, and our order of service is uh, on page 46 in the With One Voice, as well as the hymns being in the With One Voice. And so, uh, uh, thank, thank you. And... Uh, <laughs> And we will begin with our gathering song, hymn 676. rise. 
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, by the humiliation of your Son, you lifted up this fallen world, rescuing us from the hopelessness of death. Grant your faithful people a share in the joys that are in Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the reading. The first reading is from the second chapter of Acts. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accept his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is the word of the Lord. We sing hymn 698.
The second reading is from the first chapter of 1 Peter. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in fervent fear. For you know that it is not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the gospel acclamation. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleophas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish are you, how slow 
to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while we, he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together, and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. Please be seated for the hymn of the day. Peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, the Easter proclamation goes on. And once again, it's a struggle. It's a real struggle. Because the disciples, even though they hear some 
positive things happening, they still know that death is the end. Well, is it? That's the part that's not natural for us. Because Christ suffered, He died, and He rose again. That simply does not happen. Now, for us, it happens just like it happened for Jesus, but of course, different. We live, we suffer, we die, and we rise again. But the purpose of our death and resurrection is something completely different than Jesus. But never mind, the disciples were walking along the way to Emmaus and... They were consumed with what had just happened two days previous. Or Good Friday. Good Friday, and you had the Sabbath day. All the preparations had to be done um, quickly, hastily, so that the good Jews could celebrate the Sabbath. And then Sunday morning, he, was, he rose from the dead. Now, I've heard in, in some, I don't know, on the station, I, I, talk radio or something that some people said, Jesus actually died on a Wednesday. Well, you know, because his birthday and this day and that day, um, you know, we, has been adjusted so that, you know, it covers up pagan holidays. Okay, so be it. But... There's enough in Scripture to, that we know that Jesus died on a Friday, and then and we call it three days, and if you want to have, what, 48 hours and then add 12 hours to that, what is that, you know, 50, I don't know, 60 hours? Uh, it, it wasn't it, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning. So Sunday, they're walking to Emmaus. And their heads are buzzing. There's no Easter lilies, no hunting for Easter eggs, no getting Elmer's chocolate, you know, the gold bricks, and the heavenly hash. None of that stuff. It was, we can't take it. Our heads are just bursting because look at all of the things that Jesus did and look. And this guy comes up and starts talking to them, and they're astounded, and they're so sad. Don't you remember, Jesus is telling them, all of the things that the prophet said, don't you remember your Bible? Well, when you don't look at your Bible or when life smacks you in the face, sometimes you forget, don't you? Sometimes when you're faced with reality, it takes you aback. Like the time Smokey the Bear pointed at me from the TV and said, only you can prevent forest fires. I realize it's a message that goes out to many, many people for responsibility. But only you can recognize Jesus. 
And it's a gift of God. I was telling this to somebody. I didn't know you could quote the scripture. It is by grace we have been saved through faith. It is not our own doing. It is a gift of God, lest anyone should boast. And the guy looked back at me and went, that's a, that's, that's a Lutheran. That's a true Lutheran. I said, Lutheran? It's a Bible. God gives us the faith. You see, in, uh, the, in the second reading in 1 Peter, um, well, let's, let's see, is in Acts. In Acts, um, when Peter is, is speaking, this is not very long after the resurrection and the ascension where Jesus ascends to heaven and Pentecost where the Holy Spirit is given. And all of these happen so that we can comprehend that a man can be born of a virgin, live a perfect life, suffer a horrible death, pay for the sins of the world once and for all, rise from the dead, And then rise to heaven in a way where he is present with us now. I wonder what gives us the knowledge that Jesus is here with us now. What gives us the knowledge that God the Father knows everything that we say and that we do? Faith. The Holy Spirit. God, who is the only one who knows all of these things, even to the point of knowing the number of the hairs on our head. God is indeed almighty, and we are his children. And he gives us faith so that as we walk around along the journey and we say, to each other. Where is God? Look at all of these things. Peter was preaching. Repent and save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Has anything changed? Repent. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Because truly and honestly, there is no light without Christ. And Christ, who rose from the dead, kept his flesh. He still is our brother, but that has been expanded into far more than we can even imagine that our flesh could be. And indeed, our flesh is just, you know, that's it. It is what it is. The older you get, the more you grow in ways you don't want to grow. Little growths on your skin, changes different colors, shrivels up or expands. It does all of these things. And why wouldn't we think that anybody who has flesh suffers the same? But Jesus never did. 
nor will he ever. Did he wear flesh? Yes. Is flesh a part of him? Yes. Is he man? Yes. Is he also divine? Yes. Are we? No. We are not. Can we think that we are? All the time. And sometimes when we think it, then it must be true. Right? And this is our biggest problem. We let our brains get in the way. God speaks, and we feel free to ignore Him. Why? Well, for a host of things. Maybe somebody taught us a lie. I've heard, ah, you know, you got your Easter bunny, you got your Santa Claus, then you got your Jesus. Yeah, that's right. But Jesus knows who he is, and that's the most important thing. And he conveys the knowledge of who he is to us because as his children, we are part of the family of God. In other words, when God looks at us, he sees Jesus, who suffered and died on the cross for us. When Jesus looks at us, he sees his sheep, his flock, whom he gave his life for. This is who we are in the eyes of God. I think sometimes, you know, uh, we can think too much of ourselves, and sometimes maybe we can think too little of ourselves. Because we can be just like the disciples walking along Emmaus and Jesus comes up and says, what are you talking about? And then we just kind of, don't you know? Don't you know Christians are, what are they? Christians are sort of downtrodden. They're made fun of a lot. wasn't all that long ago where people came to church a lot more, and now, not so much. Why? Well, because there's so many more exciting things to do. And some churches try to make things exciting, but then they have to make them more exciting and differently exciting and exciting and different. And we have to ask our, ourselves, is God a God of excitement? Or is God the God of truth? The God who speaks and the whole universe comes into creation. Have we indeed gotten bored with Almighty God? Has He become too ordinary for us or perhaps not good enough for us? Or maybe... We just don't understand that Jesus can suffer and die and rise again. You see, this is what we occupy ourselves with. And even when we are in the church, we can occupy ourselves with, did we do this well enough? I can't tell you how many times I've been told as a Lutheran pastor, is that Lutheran? 
is it, is, it, is it Lutheran as opposed to, is it scriptural? And even though we have our little ABCs and one, two, threes of the church, I don't know. I mean, there's been all kinds of rules and regulations like, like, I don't know. This is, I don't know if this, is this real or not? It is real this morning. Sometimes it's not. You realize in some Lutheran churches, it shouldn't be artificial. I've read where, I don't know, I, I, think, I think maybe the, is the, is the jury still out on, on oil lamps? Yeah, oil lamps. Oil, I mean, oil candle, this right here, oil candles. You unscrew it and you put oil in there. I thought, I thought God wanted us to have beeswax and it had to be a certain percentage of beeswax and it couldn't be any less. We occupy ourselves with all kinds of things because maybe we want to be holy or, or something like that, but we forget that these things don't make us holy. We say it every Sunday. We're poor, miserable sinners. And we come here to confess to God that we've done it again. And we know that we're going to continue doing it again and again and again. Why? Because as Martin Luther learned, and he learned in a very pronounced and difficult way, he cannot purge himself from his own sins. But guess who can? Guess who can keep us going, even though we are filled with foolishness and dumb rules and regulations about how we should act and how we shouldn't act. And God sees it all. And God comforts us with the knowledge that Christ died for each and every sin. Well, I, well, did he die for that one? Well, how about this one? Is that actually a sin? Is it not a sin? Jesus says, why are you worried? Why do you concern yourself with these things? Concern yourself with this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love. Not, you know, oh my, I hope I don't mess this up. How can you mess something that Jesus did up? You can't. This is the reason why the gospel is so pronounced, so beautiful, because Christ did what we could not do. Yeah, I want to say, go ahead and try and mess it up, but that's not a good message for pastor to be preaching. Because Jesus himself wants us to go and sin no more, knowing full well that it's not within us to do that. And we as God's children, we are baptized, buried with Christ in, in, in our baptism, as we sang earlier, and 
as we get up every morning, we have an opportunity to say the old Adam is dead or Eve. The new has come forward. Which is not to say that I'm going to get up and be the best Christian I can possibly be because whether you're the best today or the best tomorrow or you were the best last week or you haven't been best lately, you're still a Christian. Why? Because Jesus is not ready to just drop you as maybe some people might. Oh, well, oh, that's just too much. You're going to hell. Well, how do you know? Because you're doing that. Oh, how about you're going to hell because you're doing that? Telling me I'm going to hell? You're going to hell. Well, that's a great message, isn't it? But sometimes, is this not what we hear? Do we deserve to go to hell? Absolutely, each and every one of us. But why aren't we going to hell? Exactly. Somebody said Jesus back there. That's why we're not going to hell. It's got really not much to do with us. But on the other hand, it's got everything to do with us. Because Jesus did what he did for us. Not for him. He didn't have to live and die and rise again for himself. He did it for you and for me. So, now what? That's the same thing that the disciples had to sort of determine, right? Now what? Now that Jesus has come and visited with us, now that he's ascended to heaven, and we know he's here, but we can't see him, now that he's sent out his Holy Spirit to us, now what? Now what do we do? Do we stay locked up in the upper rooms? Or, as we go about our way, just like the disciples walking on the road to Emmaus, as they went about their way, they were living and breathing Jesus. And their life became situated upon the suffering and death of Christ. So what do we do? We do exactly that. By the grace of God, we are who we are. And we take that and we go with that and wherever God leads us, we go. And we love the Lord and we love our neighbors. It's that simple and that difficult. But the one who gives the power to these words, it's not me. It's God Almighty who sent me to speak these words, who you called for me to speak these words, and who now sends you out to speak these words, words of joy, words of hope, words of forgiveness, words of grace, words of faith. May we occupy ourselves with these things, in Jesus' name, amen.
we continue with the hymn of response, hymn 671. Response to the word on page 49. In Christ you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. We believe in him and are marked with the seal of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended to heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Pray of the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. If anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. God has given us the, test, the ministry of reconciliation, and therefore let us be reconciled to God and to one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone. Uphold us by your Spirit, so that we may live in newness of life. To the honor and glory of your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Almighty and merciful God, Lord, grant us pardon, forgiveness, and remission of all our sins. Sisters and brothers, rejoice, mend your ways, encourage one another, agree with one another, live in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Father of the risen Christ, in your Son's appearance to the Emmaus disciples, he expounded the scriptures and revealed himself in the breaking of the bread. Grant us grace that we too may perceive him as our Savior through his word and rejoice to receive him as the bread of life for salvation of our souls. By the word and sacraments, renew our piety in this Easter tide, that we may grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of all, your Spirit opens the Holy Scriptures in the hearts of your people. Enlighten this congregation by the resurrection light that never fades, that our heart, hearts may burn in faith toward you. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, you have poured out your Spirit upon us that we might believe your truth and raise our sons and daughters in it. Bless all parents that they may faithfully catechize their children in your word. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, stifle the powers of darkness and end the reign of war, violence, and terror. Give leaders who will seek peace and work for the common good. Instill in them a love of righteousness and guide them in the pursuit of justice for all. Bless our president 
and Congress of the United States, our governor, all state and local officials, all medical and emergency workers, and all members of the armed forces who protect us. Lord, in your mercy. God of compassion, those who suffer and cry, uh, those who suffer and cry to you, hear them and answer them with grace sufficient for all their needs. Heal the sick according to your will. Comfort the wounded and give your peace to the dying. Especially we pray that you would be with uh, uh, Roland Witte. Um, we ask that you would also be with Gerald Raymond, who has health issues, and Victoria uh, Steflovich with a broken rib. We pray that you'd be with Michael Bricado, Hannah Simon, Mark Legrand, Calvin Hensler, Carrie Pierre, uh, Barbara um, Mardrajewski, Harold Perkle, Lisa Bardwell, Shirley Mansfield, Joe Anderson, Sarah Fleming, Susan Nielsen, Cass Mardrajewski, Carter Beckwith, Lloyd Loga, Ruth Loga, Dolores Bordley, Mickey Greer, Drew Butford, Debbie Harmon, Carla Fabian, Wayne Scheffler, Connie Goins, Sherry Smith, Shelby uh, Gallatin, uh, Dr. Miko Thompson, Kelly Sharp, John Ayo, Kent Higgins, Rachel Schwimm, Michael McCleary, Karen Riddle, Mary F. Kuar, uh, Dr. Mike Johnson, Billy Fortenberry, John Esteve, Phil Henke, Ron Kirby, Elliot Arndt, Gerald Hayes, Jr., um, Patrice Payton, Neville Kiffin, Donnie Mackey, Becca Wagner, Dieter Rimroth, uh, Charlene Duggar, Dottie Heck, uh, Jim Hensler, Jurgen Seifert, Kathleen Faherty, uh, Jerry Lilly, Lori Collier, Lorna Bettisworth, and John Perrette, all seeking healing. You are our health and strength for this life and eternal life. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, have mercy on us when we are foolish and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken about your Son. Pour out your Spirit on us through the preaching of the gospel that scriptures might be open to us through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, now and forever, one God. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, you call us from death to life, from silence to speech, from idleness to action. With gifts, we offer our gifts to you and the church. We give thanks for you. Amen. Remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, 
Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. We continue with the um, sending song, uh, hymn seven, uh, 674. Please be seated. Well, we're going to do announcements before we do the, uh, the dismissal.